Podcasts! Podcasts! I can't find my podcasts! Well, what phone do you have? It's an Android device! Well, every Android user I know uses the Podcast Republic app. All you do is make your favorite shows your favorites, and they get downloaded straight to your phone faster than 88 miles per hour, and it's free! It sounds much easier than chasing psychotic killers! I'll download the Podcast Republic app on my Android phone straight away! The Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store! Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers, and joining me for the first episode of the 2018 Spooktacular Laurie Strode Edition is a man who <laughs> I can't... Calling, I thought you were calling me Laurie Strode, and I was like, God bless. No. I wish. You wish. You do wish. A man who can't be killed by bullets, nor fire, nor unending weird cult, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Leno, but I bet a, like a stubbed toe in a dark room would just <laughs> take you me out. down. You're just done so. I'm just down for the count. Uh, we are celebrating the return of Warrior Queen Laurie Strode this Ooh. month. The new Halloween movie comes out. We're both really excited about it. Looks dope as hell. <laughs> and uh, we are celebrating her by doing two Halloween movies this month, only one of which features her. This. Yeah is Halloween 2, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your horrible wig. Something's gotta be done about your horrible wig. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Mega powers, yeah. This baby hits 88 miles per hour. You're gonna see some serious shit. <laughs> now, whose horrible wig are you talking about? Jamie Lee Curtis. That wig really? was terrible. I did not, I, I'll be honest, I did not notice it was a wig. Oh, yeah, no, because she had started wearing her short hair. Really? This early? I think of, like, mm-hmm. that's, like, not until mo- modern era. No, because if you think about it, like, in Trading Places, she was short hair. And that was the uh, 80s. But didn't she have long hair in, like, prom night? Um... I actually don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen Prom Night. Okay. I feel like she had... I, well, whatever. If you say it's a wig, I trust you. You would know much more than I am. Yeah. I was like, we couldn't, like, zhuzh it up. Like, it's just... It just looks... It just hangs around her face, like, not real hair. Yeah. It, I definitely noticed her hair being different, but I didn't... It didn't cross into wig territory for me, but I guess I'm just an oblivious doofus. Uh, this starts right after the first movie. Previously is, on Halloween. Yeah, yeah. You you recap the last, like, two minutes of the old movie. And I would normally say, like, don't remind me of the better movie. But I have to say, I had remembered this as being, like, okay-ish. And I found myself really enjoying it on this watch. It's It's a solid B-. minus. Yeah, it's been about ten years, probably, since I've seen this movie. So it was very, very fresh to me. There were, like, a few things I remembered, mostly the big ending. But for the most part, this kind of played like a new movie. And I was genuinely surprised by how good this movie was it's got a lot of great kills it's got a lot of good stuff going for it 
And most of that cast is the same cast from the first movie who, other than maybe Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance, are not the kind of people you'd want carrying like a huge motion picture, but yeah. are like perfectly good in these, you know, small town sheriff, small town sheriff's deputy type roles. Uh, really, really good. And honestly, the woman who plays the nurse who's kind of only briefly in the first movie is in this for a lot more and it's good like very i love good. her so much I, yeah yeah so we'll, we'll get to all that but this is going to be a very uh i think positive upbeat review for a change on this particular show yeah. I, I only have a few complaints um but for the most part i enjoyed this one i yeah. like um like seeing donald pleasance with that chain smoking nurse from the first one i was like god i wish she was his apprentice for the rest <laughs> of these movies it really would have made them so much better or if they didn't do the insane thing they do in part four, see our previous episode, where they bring both Loomis and Michael back from the absolute deadest of the dead, she could have been the Loomis character. She could have been. She could have been. That's the thing. Mustafa Akkad has made some choices. Like, he did a lot <laughs> cool for this series, but he's also done a lot that's not cool for this yeah. series. Yeah, and that is a weird choice. But we'll, we'll, we'll get there at the end of this uh, episode, obviously. So... Loomis shoots him, goes outside. There's like an imprint in the dirt and some blood on the ground, but no <laughs> Michael. like Tex Avery cartoon, like it is, Bugs Bunny fell on the ground. It is very silly for the tone. The rest of the tone of this movie, it's very buck wild that it's like this smoosh in the grass. Mm-hmm. So we get the pumpkin credits just like the first movie, although definitely a different jack-o'-lantern. It is, well, because it splits open. Yes, but also it doesn't have the like line near the nose, which is a detail I always notice. Yeah, in the uh, first and the movie shapes end. are slightly different. Yes, um, but and love the Mustafa font. Gets the top billing this well, time. Yeah, well, it is his money after all. I know, but it just seems so int- like to me like the person who actually did all the creative work and creative endeavors makes sense that they would fight for like it's my movie. We're gonna call right. it John Carpenter's Halloween. It just seems so weird that, like, the guy who fronted the money and was, like, I think came up with the babysitter concept, and that was kind of it, yes. was all of a sudden top bill. Like, that's a big jump to me. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's not Mustafa Akkad Presents, right? It's, like... No, it's... It might... Actually, it might be Mustafa okay. Akkad Presents, because it's not, it's not Mustafa Akkad's Halloween 2. It's Mustafa Akkad Presents... So I wonder if that's like a production company credit. Like he just named his production company after himself. <laughs> it's just his name. Yeah, yeah. Like if if it was us, it'd be you know like Chum. Some of this presents Halloween too, and instead he just called his his thing that. That's fair, I guess. But we get Loomis being like talking to the sheriff. He's like, I shot him six times. He's not human. And Except the sheriff he shot him seven times. Did you? Does he really? Because yes. he only has a six shooter, so that's definitely in the a original movie. It was six times. In the like new reshot ending that they put in the beginning, it was seven times. So, do you think this was reshot? I thought it was the actual footage from the previous no, movie. No, I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of it's reshot. Like, I think once Loomis gets into the picture, like up the stairs, I think it's new. But I think the original stuff with the kids and Laurie, okay. like until until um. Once Lori takes his mask off, I think it switches to new stuff. Interesting, because all that stuff is like beat for beat and shot for shot the same as the first movie, until he yeah. falls off the railing. I think the, ba- the I think the balcony looks different. Oh, interesting. I mean, you, you might be right. And we get the cool new the synth version of the classic soundtrack. Because well, that's always kind of synthy. No, like because in the fir- that was my first clue that I, that it was different was that the because you see um, Donald Pleasant sees the kids run out of the house. And you're hearing the music that, like, normally has a bit of a, 
I don't know, it's softer sound, okay. but it was like, it was very 80s synth heavy, I thought. Interesting, because I always think of this score as very synth heavy, and uh, I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but it, I, I like it, so I'll tell it anyway, it's very short. I make my ringtone, the Halloween theme song, every year around this time. I, I will probably, probably change it after we finish recording this episode, and at least once a year, my phone rings... And it scares the shit out of me. So, like, <laughs> last year, I was down in my basement folding laundry, and then suddenly it's, you know, and I'm, like, whipping around, like, what is happening to me? Oh, it's my actual phone, because I'm an idiot. I so love that. So, that's my, that's my big Halloween tradition. It's so effective. So, it's late-night sandwich making, which I really dig. That This woman is, like, making a sandwich for her husband, and it's, like, a very elaborate sandwich for clearly, like... Although, okay, this is a question I It's like I a sandwich you and I would make. Yes, what time of night is it supposed to be? Because there's all these kids still out trick-or-treating, but it looks like 11 p.m. dark out there. So, I'm trying to think of the logic and the logistics of the, of the first movie, where, like, by the time Michael was killing everyone, most of the kids were home from trick-or-treating. That's what I so thought. Maybe, so maybe it's, like, 10 o'clock? Because there's still, like, so many kids out trick-or-treating, and I feel like when we grew up, like, 9 o'clock was pushing it for trick-or-treating. Yeah, I actually, oh, oh, you know what they say? They say that um, Ben Tramer left the party at 10 o'clock. Yes, yes. And there, which but means at that point, after 10 o'clock. Well, Ben Tramer is the, later we find out, the kid who gets killed by the car. And so, was supposed to be Laurie's date. Yes. Yeah, I know. He's from the first movie. He was She was like, I have a crush on Ben Tramer. And yes. some, her friend was like, well, I got you a date with him. Yeah. Boom, he, he got I, killed by a car. So I guess in the fiction of the movie, him leaving that party might have been him going to try to hook up with Lori. Oh, you think? it was? Oh, I didn't realize the date was going to be, like, that night. I thought Maybe he was supposed to be, like, her date as in, in the fiction of the first movie, like, it's all couples plus Lori. And so they're like, we're going to shove the kids off on you, but Ben will come over late night and you can watch movies and make out. Oh, I hope that's what that was. So, I like that. <laughs> ben Traver is like leaving a party. He's like, I'm going to go make out with a cute girl. I'm going to moke. Oh, they're not a car. Smash explosion. That's the real yeah. terrible way for it to be the end for him. But also like in, in his, I guess in his offense, how would you say that? Like, I'm blaming him for some of this. Okay. Well, how are you? You're blaming like, him. If, if I'm, if I'm like bumbling down the street with a mask on. And I see a crazy man in a trench coat whip out a gun. I'm taking my mask off and being like, whoa, what's happening? I don't just, like, quietly turn around and waddle away. I think, one, he's very drunk, and two, he's terrified. So I'm going to cut him some slack. You know there was throw-up in that mask. <laughs> I sure hope not. Like, a little bit, if he was oh. that drunk. <laughs> oh, you mean, like, he got hit by the car, puked his mask, and died with his own vomit on his face? No, it's like I mean, a really like, sad fiction. I meant at some point during the party, he threw up a little bit in the mask. <laughs> if he's that drunk, maybe. Anyway, we'll circle back to Ben Trainer in a minute. But this woman's making this sandwich, and it's like a pretty elaborate sandwich for ten or eleven o'clock at night. It's like you want mayonnaise, you want mustard. She's slicing this ham fresh off the off the, ho- the she, hock. She busts out her uh, her what is it, the deli slicer? Yeah, <laughs> she, she basically <laughs> does. She does the one slice and gives it to him to make sure it's the right thickness. Yes, exactly. Is this the right slice for your ham, Hubert? How thick do you want it? And so she's she's carving up, making this nice sandwich, and the TV cuts in from Night of the Living Dead, which is very cool. Public domain. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, probably the most uh, used movie in other movies because of that. 
And it was the cemetery we visited. Yeah. So ignorant. The man is like dead to the world. And Michael, there's a lot of Michael POV in the beginning, which is, is really, really good looking. And he sneaks in the back of the house, steals the knife and leaves like a bloody, not like a handprint, but some bloody residue on the cutting board where the knife was. And the woman is like blindly reaching for her knife, which is not super smart. BT dubs. I was thinking she was reaching for it for protection. Yeah, I guess that could be. It's definitely very scary. The news break that comes in and is like, it's a, a crazed killer on the loose. And he's, he's murdering the teenagers. News bulletin from every urban legend that you told to yes. your friends in, on the schoolyard. Crazy man broke out of the asylum. Yes, exactly. So he, she's the first kill. Michael stabs her. But we don't no. see. Michael leaves their house. He doesn't kill anybody. I thought he killed that woman. No, because my note was, this poor woman doesn't get any resolution to her missing knife and the blood spot in her kitchen. Oh, see, I thought the implication was, like, her turning around and screaming after seeing the blood was Michael was, like, back in the kitchen and kills her. I don't think so, just because it didn't seem like he went to hide. It seemed like he, because it was like, there was one survivor, and then he was like, he, like, heard that and left. Interesting. Okay. Because I thought, I thought he definitely killed this lady. Oh, I don't believe he did. Well, the first person he definitely kills is a teenage girl who's home alone slightly after that. Somehow, it, this is probably the grayest of the gray logic to a kill in a, in a Halloween movie. How, how so? Because the way, first, first of all, the she and her friend are talking about the murders, and she's like, didn't you hear? There was a murder over in Haddonfield. And I was like, aren't you in Haddonfield? And then... She was like, that's only a block away from me. And I was like, so you're definitely in Haddonfield and you can phrase this better. Maybe it's just like she lives literally on the opposite side. Like she can spit into Haddonfield, but it's like, oh, like, got it. <laughs> like how I live on the edge between a city and county. And so like I could spit into the city limits, but I'm not in the city <laughs> limits. And so right. people might but they're like, oh, it's in the city. Well, where? Oh, wait, that's like where I live. Wait a minute. Yeah. Um, but my, we see Michael come in the house behind her and just like disappear like turns and walks somewhere else and the way the camera follows her it looks like he just appeared he just like jumps up out of nowhere and she should have been able to see him in her periphery yes but i will say logic issues aside this shot is the first of many really great shots in this movie where she's in the foreground on the phone and we see the door open very quietly there's and him, like, so many good ones yeah this whole movie is shot in such a way to let the hallway or the, the the room or the rest of the building behind you be places for michael to be hiding in and it's just all really good looking whoever it was that lit this movie i should have looked it up to give this person credit but the Certainly a director of photography and the person who lit all these scenes deserves a ton of credit because you're following up genuinely one of the best horror movies ever made. That's a that's big shoes to fill. And even yeah. if it is the same person doing the job again, you can't just repeat yourself and it doesn't. Like it's a it's got its own little bit of swagger to it, I guess. It's a little bit different it, than I the would first say movie. It, it does repeat itself in the way of like it feels like the same movie. Like it feels like a continuation of the same movie. Oh, definitely. But I'm just saying, there's like it's not like it's like a, a really good cover song, right? Where it pays homage to what happened the the other version of it, but it doesn't feel like just oh, I'm doing the exact same thing, beat for beat, note for note, and I'm also trying to sing it. The I'm same doing way. the slow version for a movie trailer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a better cover than that. <laughs> so they kill this girl. 
who doesn't run out of the house. Like, by the way, if, if you are in your house on the phone and there's a psycho murderer on the loose and you know that fact and your front door is open, run out the back door. Just yeah, go. Yeah, the back door's behind you. You Because you just came in that back door. Right. Trying to check on your neighbors. Yeah. Get out. Go away. Get quickly away from this situation. You doofus. Mm-hmm. But we see Lori... Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode getting carried out in a stretcher, and she's like, don't let them put me out, don't let them put me out. Smash cut to the hospital, and this kid is coming in with a razor blade in his mouth, like uh, the Halloween that urban legend. Stupid urban legend that never really <laughs> happened. <laughs> well, it did happen, but it exclusively happened to people doing it to their children, or their nephews, or nieces, or whatever. Yeah, it was the, f- it was, yeah, exactly. It wasn't like some random, like some crazy man was handing out razor blade candies. Right, right. Also, the best, the safest place to keep a razor blade on Halloween is an apple, because who the hell is going to eat that? <laughs> like, if I had got an apple on Halloween, I'd be like, thanks, no thanks, trash. I, I wouldn't even carry it home. Cups. It's too much, too much weight in the bag of candy. I'd have left it in that person's bushes. Yeah, or you just, like, hawk it at a tree. Uh, that's, that feels more aggressive to do that, but okay. Like, there's no way I'm carrying an apple around all night. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, I always... Uh, really loved the like oh they're putting drugs in the candy and i finally like uh our mom had talked about this with me once and i finally was like mom drugs are expensive this is an expensive (laughs) hobby nobody is giving away their expensive drugs for shits and giggles to like mess with children like they're eating them if they bought weed lollipops and they gave them to children it's because they got too high and accidentally gave out the (laughs) weed lollipops it wasn't like it was like oh i'm gonna dose this eight-year-old it was like Hey man, have some candy. And then later they're like, "I want another weed lollipop." And they're like, "Oh no, these are dum dums." That means I gave eleven. Yeah, exactly. Like no one's giving away drugs. Drugs are expensive. Absolutely not. Uh, I also like it. Never comes to anything because he's barely in this movie. But the doctor is drunk. Straight up, they admit it. Like he was. He came from the country club. I almost like half expected him to have like. A goofy pair of glasses, or, or like a fake nose on the uh, like Groucho Marx disguise, basically. Yeah, yes, something, yes. or like a goofy tie. Yeah, yes, yeah. like a little, or like a silly something that says like I was drunk at a country club costume party, and yes. now I'm at work doing my best. I also wonder if Mustafa Akkad was like, "Hmm, drunk doctor," you say, because that's what the character is in Halloween Three. Oh, you're right. He's like a hardcore, I don't know if he's necessarily, like, he's a hardcore drunk in the movie. I guess that makes him an alcoholic. But he's like a, a real hardcore drinker, and he's also a doctor. So I, I found that to be a weird, interesting connection between them. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Also, everyone in this hospital seems to know who Laurie Strode is, which is weird. Why does everybody know everybody in this movie? Right. I mean, I get it's a small town, but still. I, I don't. I couldn't handle a small town like that. Like, pop it up in the hospital and everybody there... Like this, it shouldn't. Everywhere shouldn't be cheers. <laughs> well, it's like first in the in the ambulance, they're like, "Oh, you mean the daughter of the guy who owns Strode Realty?" And it's like, "Okay, maybe maybe you know that name from driving around town." Final, yeah, it to you. sure. I'll give that one to you. Bus the EMTs, ad. yeah, an EMTs dr- drive for a job. They're always in the car. Fine, but then the doctor and both nurses are like. Lori, when she comes in, <laughs> hey! it's like she, okay. First of all, she needs a dire need of medical attention. Second of all, can you just focus on that? Like, if the first movie had established her as a candy striper or something, I'd be like, okay, sure. But right. There's no indication of that. It's just like, 
Laurie! Yeah, it's very silly. We go to back to the street with Loomis, and he is t- driving around with the sheriff looking for Michael. And this is the part we talked about earlier. Oh, where hang on, we real later quick. find out it's Ben Trainer, but it's just a guy in a mask. Although I do, I do have the question Tramer. of like, what is Luna. that mask supposed to be? Yeah, I don't. Because I was like, it's. A, I guess in the world of the movie, it is a mask that existed as is. Oh, that's true. Because Michael does just yank it off the shelf earlier in the movie. Or I in the first so. movie, he just in the he first gets one, it. he took it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So uh, rescinded then. But uh, he's like walking around with the coveralls and the whole. He looks just like Michael Myers, except for you know not. I was being like, why huge... would that? Why would that collection of items be your Halloween costume? <laughs> it doesn't make a whole lot. Like, of sense. who are you trying to be? Right. Like, I see the scary mask. Normally, that's like a black cloak with it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. But he gets, he like runs into the street and does like a Bigfoot turn and look to his left as this police car comes screeching at him, plows in. The dummy work is fabulous. I mean, oh, just so beautiful. very good. Smashes the piss out of this dummy into the side of a panel truck and then immediately it's a fireball. And this dummy is just like, it's as, it's as if this person in the movie, like in the fiction of the movie, is made of kerosene. It's just <laughs> yeah, like his whole whoosh. costume. No, he was drinking 151. Yeah. And got all over his costume. That makes more sense than anything else. That's 100% what happened here. Like, I know we didn't have fireproof clothing, like, you know, it was maybe it was the era that it was made in, but it was like, this person goes up as if they were lit on fire by on purpose. Um, also, we didn't mention it before, but as they're like, they're like, oh, let me take your blood. And they, within 30, within like six seconds, withdraw a vial of her blood. And I was like, that feels like not, you need more time for the blood to get there. But then they're like, oh, let me put you out. And she repeatedly says, please don't put me under. Please don't knock me out. And they're just like, okay, woman, let's (laughs) let's knock you out. And also it's like she needs stitches, but it's like a wound in her shoulder. That feels like local anesthetic. Yeah, you could very easily just like. I mean, you're a guy who's had a lot more stitches. So like, (laughs) did they put you out for any of those even when you were little? I don't remember much, okay. just because they. I thought my last set of stitches. <laughs> because there were so many sets of stitches. <laughs> That's the thing. That, like, if you don't know, listener, I've had five sets. Wait, I was going to guess of five. Stitches. Okay, all right. Four sets of stitches and an unfortunate nail incident that should have probably been a set of stitches. And mind you, this is not like, lest you be out there like, oh my God, what does this mean? It means Andrew was a very clumsy child. <laughs> like I was. He, you tried to stand on an exercise ball and fell. You fell out of mom and dad's bed one time and busted yep, your chin right open. The, you know, but I slipped in the bathroom. and <laughs> No, the, my cheek was mom and dad's bed. Yeah, yeah, the, that was your cheek. My your chin, chin was the bathroom and the okay. back of my head was some bricks in the snow. Yes, I forgot about that one. So, yeah, he he was not a graceful child. And also, now I am. Did you get stitches in your foot when you did the thing on the bicycle? No, I almost broke my leg. Because one time, <laughs> Andrew was riding on my bicycle with me, like, sitting on the bar in front of the seat as we rolled across the street from our neighbor's house, and he stuck his foot in between the fork of the bike and the the spokes of the wheel, and it just, like... Did not do good things to his foot. I'm not going to get graphic because I know people are driving. I don't want to make them get ill, but it was gross. And we had to go get that taken care of at the doctor's office ambulance or uh, hospital rather as well. Yeah, it was not a fun parade. Was that an um, ambulance ride? That one? I, again, can't you don't really remember. remember. Okay. Things were a long time ago. Uh, I think my last set of stitches, I was 
in it was in elementary school, I think. That sounds about right. Um, I think it was my leg, because my leg was my last surgery. By that point, I was like telling the doctors what to do to get him off. <laughs> like how to like, remove the stitches. Yeah, I was like, look, hang on, we're gonna take this off. I think we're we should just do one clean sweep. Let's come on, <laughs> let's roll. Anyway, Jimmy the EMT has the hots for Lori, and he's like kind of flirting with her, and not in a gross way compared to the other EMT who we will, I'm sure, talk about here momentarily. <laughs> Jimmy is like very sweet and is like, I kind of know like who a you puppy are. Dog. Yeah, and he's like, Do you want something to drink? Like, can I get you a Coke or something? And it's like they say a product name, which I thought was was a hoot, and. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll get you something to drink. I'll get you a Coke. And she's like, yeah, that sounds really nice. And it's just this, like, nice moment. And you know it's, like, the edge of romantic, but it's not gross. It's not – it doesn't feel, like, predatory or anything like that. And it could very easily. Yeah, because she's, you know, drugged up in a hospital bed. But he's not, like, making advances on her. He's just, like, sitting there talking and, like, hey, do you need – can I make you more comfortable while you're here? You watched kinda... all your friends get murdered, so you probably are in need of a friend right now. Yeah, and later, the, like, real bitch nurse is really mean about him being in there for no reason. Wait, are you talking about the head nurse? Because I really yeah. like the head nurse. I thought she was kind of, uh, I, I mean, I guess she was written, I thought she was just written in a way to be, like, cold and whatever. That's interesting, because I feel like she's, like, competent at her job, and everybody else around her is a bunch of doofuses, and this poor woman, I feel, is, like, the only one who's there and competent. She's got, like, a drunk doctor, her second nurse shows up 15 minutes late and is trying to have sex with an EMT in the back room. It's like, she's like, I'm running this whole hospital by myself! I mean, yes, that. I will. I won't negate that as, as a... A, she's a woman of color, and that's very impressive that she's running this hospital. It's also impressive that she's in the movie Halloween, because there are very few people of color in this entire franchise. Correct. But no, like, so she comes into the room, he's sitting there talking with her about, like, hey, I'm surprised, you know, they didn't handle Michael better. And she's like, what do you mean? And then Lori learns that... It was Michael Myers, because she had... I was like, oh, that's right. She didn't know that in the first movie, that right. Michael Myers was attacking her. There's also then, a bit where the radio is on. I think this is, like, right after Loomis warns the police that, like, he's definitely not dead, he's definitely not dead, and they're like, yeah, There's a lot right, of buddy. radios going on in this movie. It's <laughs> yes. hard to relate. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is a challenge. Um, but the radio is like... There's one survivor. Her name is Laurie Strode. And I'm like, that is wickedly irresponsible to name this person. She's being held here. Yeah, it's like, this just happened. Can you maybe wait a day before you start naming people? Because I was like, they didn't release the victim names. No, no one's naming the victims. But you're right. going to name the sole survivor? Exactly. It feels very irresponsible. And we smash cut from this bit of irresponsibleness to the EMTs are in the break room with a nurse. And he's smoking a joint holding it with hospital forceps and i'm like you can't smoke the joint in the hospital okay like at least go around back to the dumpsters and hide it a little bit yeah come on i so i wrote bud is that guy that graduated from high school but never left your hometown thinks olive garden is real fancy and is super shitty to women is extremely shitty to women. He also starts giving the other guy shit, calling him college boy. And I had a weird thought here where, like, 
college boy is an insult is a very dated thing because we shifted from like it was a thing some people did to a thing that like all people did and i wonder if we're going to circle back around to college boy being an insult again because college degrees are basically worthless now and you need to go mm-hmm. get a master's or a doctorate or, or a, you know mba or whatever it is to where those people are going to be razzing people with undergrad degrees being like oh college boy college boy like you like you, you couldn't <laughs> instead of it being oh, like, like you're that. too smart for the room it's not going to be like you're too dumb for this room like it's gonna switch but be the same you couldn't result. afford you, you had nothing <laughs> yeah, that's more mortgage to get yeah, to college a second exactly. time exactly there's nothing wrong with the olive garden by the way listeners don't don't no, I, here's don't, the, don't, don't lose respect for this podcast because one of us thinks he's a fancy boy who's too good for no, the olive garden there's no shame i love me some unlimited breadsticks when they were running the like unlimited pasta special I was working in Disney World, and several nights, me and my coworkers went to the Olive Garden and got a lot of pasta and a lot of breadsticks. But I was saying that like he's the guy who's like, "Oh, it's the real, f- it's a real fancy take a take take a lady out to a nice place dinner," which I wouldn't call the Olive Garden. I'm just saying, some of our listeners live in places where that's true. So let's just hey, you work with what you got. I don't want to be East Coast elites. That's all I'm just saying. I'm just we're, I'm trying to be trying to be trying to be nice to people who live. I feel like, in I feel like it's either coast is like, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> either coast is the elite. Okay, fine. Like, tries to be the elite. So this nurse Karen, she's late too much, and the head nurse who Andrew thinks is a bitch, but I think is like super great, is like, hey, you know. You got to show up for work on time. It could literally be life and death. You work in the NICU. And then they show all these babies like crying in their bassinets or whatever. They also show that Michael Myers is hanging out in the baby room. Yeah, yeah. It's very creepy. Terrifying. Yes. Okay. So I'm not saying that she is constantly a bitch. Like, that's not my blanket (laughs) statement for this character. It's a real adversarial podcast all of a sudden. Yeah, no. What I was saying was she, for some reason, was really aggressively against this guy talking to the patient when, considering nobody else is in this hospital, yes. like, what's wrong with this EMT sitting down and having a conversation with a patient who doesn't want to fall asleep? Right. Also, they keep sending the EMTs out to these houses. EMTs do not go pick up dead bodies. Like, they are they keep having the EMTs pick up the dead bodies. That's not their job. The coroner yeah, does the that. Does. Yeah. Yeah. So the nurse is in Laurie's room, the head nurse, and she's trying to call her parents again. She's, like, telling Laurie, hey, you know, I tried to get a hold of them. Because they died in Halloween 1, right? Do they? I thought they went to a Halloween party. But I th- I've made, it's been a minute. I fell asleep watching Halloween with my one with my boyfriend a couple weeks ago. Get off this um, podcast. I love that movie so You're much, fired. but I was very tired and I've seen it a lot. So I was like, I'm comfy. I'm just going to fall asleep. I'll finish it later. But I have a memory of like Loomis going to the Strode house and the Strodes being dead. Not shown, but like, oh, the Strodes are dead. Maybe I'm misremembering or it's a different movie. It could be. I don't remember that. I feel like Laurie is she not? I guess she's not at her house in the in the first movie. She's babysitting at the neighbor's house. She's babysitting at the at, at Tommy Doyle's house. Yeah, maybe they maybe they are dead in it. Um, in any case, the nurse is trying to get a hold of the Strodes, and the Strode sounds like the last name of a frat boy. Like that's what he would be called. I'm the Strodes. The Strodester. man. Right? Like, that's 100% that name. Shotgun and beers. <laughs> Yo, hit this beer bong. I'm, I'm Strodester. 
So she she's trying to call, and the Strode phone lines are Rage. cut. <laughs> Strode Rage is so good. Strode Rage is so good. That's him like playing Grand Theft Auto, narrating it. <laughs> that's his. That's his like PlayStation name. Yes, yes. Strode Rage is definitely, definitely. So she picks up the phone. The phone lines have been cut, and immediately Laurie's like, "Uh, there's a problem here. There's a huge <laughs> problem here." <laughs> I just, this is my biggest complaint about this movie, is that you took um, one of the fiercest, smartest final girls who fought with every ounce of her strength, and then you're like, you're going to be sleepy in a hospital bed for an hour and a half. Yeah, it it is kind of a bummer, but I also kind of like the sort of Uma Thurman and Kill Bill thing that they do. Obviously, this came first, where she's like desperately trying to fight back but just completely unable to like there's a point in which her legs just aren't working and she's like trying to crawl away from from michael it i would like that if that felt like what they were doing the whole time Mm. like it feels like she just lays there catatonic for like 45 minutes and then the back 45 is like the uma like if she had been uma thurman the whole time i'd be down for that yeah no i I mean i again I, i don't think you're wrong i just uh I don't know. I kind of dig it. Like, I, I'm with you. Like, it, it is a bummer. But she does later get to do... Some cool stuff. Yeah. Also, I looked it up. Her parents do not die in the first movie. Mm. I might be thinking of a remake or something. Yeah, they. Yeah, they could be that. Or it could also be that uh, they get the headstone from the sister and they put it in the thing. That's maybe what you were thinking of. No, that's because that's, that's Judith Meyer's headstone. Oh, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Apparently there's like an expanded universe comic book or something that involves more with the parents. But in the movies, in the extended universe, (laughs) there's like a comic book. Uh, There's I'm on the Halloween movie Wikia right now. Oh, it's Um, always a dangerous place to be. Well, you know, I find that there's like a high level of fact checking among the hardcore nerd crowd. So I like there is, but there's also a lot of facts. Yes. Yes. Uh, apparently when Lori's graduation came, there was a lot of strain because she just wanted to leave them because she was mad that they hid her actual birth lineage from her. I mean, that feels like if, if you were adopted and your, your real family was murdered by your brother, that feels like a thing you just would sweep under the rug. You don't need to know that. No, you're not wrong. Better your life. You're, you're not wrong. All right. So phones are out. This hospital is, is an absolute chaotic nightmare where they're like there's three people on staff there's a security guard two nurses and nobody else so the security guard goes to like check on some stuff and there's a great like stupid jump scare where he opens a dumpster and a cat jumps out of it yeah he gets tackled by a, by a cat and it feels like this man shouldn't be a security guard well this dude is like a bumbling doofus he's like overweight and can barely hold his flashlight steady he just seems like a, a huge mess at least he doesn't have the sound effects like in halloween 5 that's true. That is true. Like, good lord. Um, we'll see in two weeks for more about that. So, apparently 80s walkie-talkies were super complicated because this nurse, this woman with a degree in nursing, yes, can't figure out a walkie-talkie, which I guess contemporary walkie-talkies have, like, the channel button and right. then a, like, talk button. Right. It looks like a CB radio, almost. See, in my brain, a CB radio is the one that is, oh, that's a ham radio. Right. It's the uh, the trucker talk to each other deal. Yeah. So this security guard is the dumbest because he, he tries to to let the woman know, like, hey, someone broke into the storeroom. You got to go get you know the police involved. 
and he hears a noise and goes to investigate, and there is uh, several closets where the padlock has been opened, but is still secured on the thing. Right. And his first instinct is that there's someone hiding behind it, which how did they do that? I was thinking he thought maybe there's like dead bodies in there. Oh, okay. That makes way more sense because I was like, Brosif, how how is there a person alive behind that? Like, how is that? Right. How do they sneak in there to hide? It doesn't make any sense if that is truly what it is. I assumed it was the other that he was like looking for for dead bodies. But also this scene is amazing because he like switches on a lamp in the first room and then he's like radioing and talking to the the nurse and he's got his back to this long hallway and there's just these great shadows and like so many places for Michael to hide. And it keeps cutting back and forth from him in front of this to the woman in front of like a turn down a different hallway and the door of the hospital leads outside. And the whole time with both of them, you're like, Oh my God, when's Michael going to come out? Oh my God, when's Michael going to come out? Oh my God. Which one is it going to be? Right. Right. And they ultimately wait until they have like a door open and the, the, the guy shuts the door after checking in a closet and Michael's standing right there and just kills him with a hammer. Yeah. It's real good. Yeah. It's pretty gnarly. I was thinking I, I had been talking to my buddy, Nathan about, the new movie coming out. And I don't know if you guys out there have watched the trailer, but the trailer's pretty intense. It's, it's gorier than, you know, I think of when I think of the, the Halloween franchise, this movie's pretty gnarly. It is. I, I actually had that thought. Cause I was like, wait a minute. I remember the first one was pretty bloodless, but this one is way gorier. Yeah. And, and apparently a- that was John Carpenter's doing that. They made it gorier. Yeah. Because the, Although, I, and here, another thing we didn't really talk about is that, so the first Halloween came out in 1978, and this is 1981, and it is literally picking up, like, negative five minutes before yeah. like, the last five minutes of the of the first movie, or the first five of this movie. Right. And I was like, that's a three-year gap for that kind of a movie, which is such a bold choice. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. And, and they pull it off, for the most part. They do, um, but Carpenter didn't think that in the... 80s climate of slashers where things were kind of bloody and gory with your jasons and your, and your right, things like right. that, that that makes sense you would need to be bloodier so yeah that, that totally i was gonna sense. say freddy but I, I don't know if freddy was freddy was 84 right yeah i think the first elm street is 84 but that totally makes sense like the you know the decade got bigger and it, like 80s was an excessive decade all over the place so speaking of decades laurie strode has <laughs> laurie strode Jamie Lee Curtis has played Laurie Strode in five decades. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? I, I was someone said that I was like, oh, I love it. Yeah, especially because there's only been forty years in the movies. But mm-hmm. uh, so this is where we find out that Ben Tramer was most likely the burnt guy because they had done like a quick autopsy, and then later these kids are like, "Our friend's missing. He's been missing for the last hour," and they're like. Like, what was he dressed as? It was, I don't know, some creepy mask. And Loomis is and like... And Loomis and the detective, like, pull on their collar. And yeah. Like, <laughs> they do a Rodney Danger feel. Your field. friend's probably fine. Hey, hey, uh, yeah, don't worry about it. He's, I'm sure he's fine. Um, Michael's age changes in this movie. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. He's 23 in the last one, and Loomis says he's 21 in this one. Oh, interesting. I don't. I did not catch that. I'm, I'm impressed would, that you just knew that. Did you look that up or did you just... No, I know that. Caught that. Oh, wow. All right. Good for you, dork. Yeah, and you said I had to leave because I fell asleep. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to fall... I can fall asleep at Halloween 1. I know my shit. Uh, speaking um, of, not to sidetrack you too hard there, I apologize, but mom was recently watching a documentary about the first movie. Uh-huh. 
And I had this really lovely moment where like she was texting me a bunch of information that I already knew because I'm a huge dork. But she was like so excited to learn these things about this movie that I don't know if she's ever seen. And she I hasn't. We talked. She and I have talked about it. OK, I bet she wouldn't watch it unless you like put the clockwork orange thing on her eyes. You know, like she has no interest in watching Halloween. But like if you well, ever... I asked her, I asked her because I said I was like, you were kind of the target demo when the first one came out. You were. 21 the, yeah yeah right in the right you age were right there yeah and i was like i wasn't sure if like you ever saw it and she was like no i think i've seen parts of that one but i've never seen the whole thing yeah yeah that doesn't surprise me too too much knowing what she's into but i, I just thought it was like a perfect encapsulation of like why we're both movie dorks is like she's never gonna watch that movie like ever like it would be yeah it'd be a real challenge to get her to watch it but yet she's watching a documentary about the making of it and like gleefully taking delight in little nuggets of information like the fact that the original michael myers mask was actually a william shatner mask that they mess with and like she's texting me all these things and i just was like smiling the whole time like oh this is so like i this was such a thing that i noticed like oh the same kind of thing that delights me is also delighting you. And even more dorky is like, you're never, it's not like it's your favorite movie and you're like, Oh, I want to learn everything I can. Oh, about here's this. everything about Jaws. Yeah. 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 Where it's like, I got to know everything about how they made this thing that I love so much. It's just like movies are cool. And I want to learn about the, them making a cool movie. So I thought that was like a really cool thing. Oh, I love that. I was just gonna say, yeah, in the first one, Michael is eight years old when he kills his sister. And then he comes back 15 years later and he's 23. Ah, interesting. And in this one, they say he's Michael Myers is 21. Yeah, yeah. So the big revelation we get in this movie is that Laurie and Michael are related. And that happens later, but... Way later. Yeah. But it's in, you were talking about his age, and so I'm bringing yeah. it up because of that. It's interesting that there's like a two-year-old in the house that they just... Like, where is that two-year-old in that opening scene? You know what I mean? Like, where is she hiding? Maybe in a different room. Maybe like in a nursery room. And also, like... One of these kids had to be an oopsie kid, right? Like the the oldest daughter is seventeen, Michael is eight, and Laurie is six. That's like a or, or Laurie is two. That's like a really weird age gap for siblings. Do you think it was Laurie or the or the sister? I feel like there might be two oops babies. Like <laughs> like it's like oh no, we were really unprepared for this, so we gotta wait a while. All right, it's time to have a kid. They have Michael, and then like six years go by, and it's like they thought they couldn't get pregnant anymore, and suddenly it's like I'm pregnant. Like that, there's got to be some of that going on there. There's a long gap between children. It is, yeah. We have the creepy dude hide under a sheet. And then when the nurse goes to, like, check the patient's pulse, he pops out and grabs her. And she immediately goes from disgusted to into it. Like, come on, movie. Too much. Well, he also... I I effing hate this guy, in case I wasn't clear. Oh, he's a scumbag. Disparaging remarks earlier about the good people at Olive Garden. Um, (laughs) I almost snarfed water there. (laughs) Sponsor us, Olive Garden. <laughs> throw some slash dissecting the 80s yeah exactly did you uh, see they yeah. did a they did a unlimited like pasta pass like for the year deal yes i did hear about that and i was very <laughs> tempted very tempted um but yeah so the the nurse is like you are the grossest human on the planet and his, he's like, God, everyone's weirded out because this psycho killer from this town's secret past that everyone thought was hidden away mysteriously <laughs> came back. Like, what the hell? 
there's a lot to be weirded out by <laughs> yes brohan yes we also glossed over at one point the town like so revolts about michael myers that they're like trying to destroy the myers, the myers home. house people are, like throwing rocks in the windows and stuff it's pretty wild like what is that gonna do guys but anyway, creepy gross guy convinces this nurse to sleep with him, and he's like, come on, do your rounds, and then meet me in the hot tub. And they go to, like, the spa therapy tub for the hospital for, like, people doing rehab on their legs or whatever. And the, he gets in it, and then, of course, we get some female nudity, because it's, a, it's mm-hmm. a slasher movie. And, and she gets in the tub. Die. What's that? And that means she's going to die. Yeah, for sure. Also, we do see boy butt, which is unusual for yeah. uh, one of these movies. So I, I will say, you know, it's not equitable that it's his butt and her breasts. But, you know, it's better than usual. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, like, trying to fool around this hot tub. And she's like, it's way too hot in here. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. And she's like, no, it's way too hot in here. And he's like, no, no, no. And she's like, hey, it's too hot in here. <laughs> Get out. And he Listen, fu- ass basket. Yes. Go do something about it. <laughs> so he gets out and he's like doing that thing that movie characters do where they like tap on a dial. And it's like, I always wonder like what people think the, the characters think the end game is where they're like, well, this dial says 105. Tap, tap, tap. Still 105 because I just tapped on it and well, didn't change any of the inputs. Maybe my thought process behind that is always like maybe the needle is stuck, and if you tap it, you'll jiggle it loose and it'll go where it's supposed uh, to be. Oh, okay. It's like a it's a broken needle situation. I see. Yeah, that's where my thought goes. Oh, we we missed the ham fisted dream sequence where Lori's mom tells her she's adopted. Yeah, that is really. Her weird. mom turns around. And she's like, "I'm not your mother," and I was like, "Wait a minute." I I was in the impression Lori came from a happy home. Yeah, I was too. And there's also this like real abstract of like looks like paint dripping onto nothingness that like later we learn is probably this nurse's blood, but like I don't I don't understand what that's supposed to represent or why Laurie would know about it. Yeah, it's very bizarre. So these two hospital employees on duty are naked in the hospital's hot tub. Right. And I think this might be the coolest shot of the movie. One of them is high, by the way, to add insult oh, to injury. True. It's like one of them right. is high and they're both naked in a hot tub. Uh, and one, the high one also has to operate a motor vehicle. Correct. For the hospital. His job is to drive a car for the hospital at high speed. Uh, yes, with sirens. Um, and we get, like I said, what I think is the coolest shot of the movie because he goes over there. I like that. So the, the dial just says there's a scalding point. Yes. And I was like, you probably it probably wouldn't be like human soup. Like it would probably be a little <laughs> subtler soup. than just like scalding. <laughs> Low simmer. Um, so he goes to fix it and then we cut back to, um, the angle where we're close up on the nurse and he is in the background behind a door where the, the dial was and Michael grabs him. And because we're in the room with the nurse, we don't hear anything. We just see this guy struggling and getting strangled just behind the glass. Right. And it's the cool, it's such a great visual and like the sound is great. It's perfect. And then... Michael walks into the room and puts his hands on her and she's like kissing his hand and being like, no, I have to go back to work. We'll, we'll fool around later. And she like gnaws a little bit on his hand. And I was like, it has to be disgusting, right? Oh my God. Yes. There's like 17 people's blood on it. It's not like Michael's like, I just killed that guy. Hang on. Let me just scrub down here real quick. And scrub, 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 scrub with a lava bar. I want to see those scenes. Oh, where he just like cleans up. Where he takes one of those, like, Nick, like I'm going into the NICU or the, the compromised immune system wing of the hospital. So I get one of those special sponges with the scrubbies on it. 
and he like gets all up under the nails yeah, and yeah, the yeah. grooves and the ridges and he is like I'm clean <laughs> he puts his little booties on <laughs> yeah the little the little hairnet thing on his hair he reaches under his mask and puts on the mouth the mouth guard like the mouth cover and then pulls the mask back down <laughs> Uh, he drowns her in this like boiling hot hot tub, and it's really gross. Her face gets all like peel. Oh, it's it's so cool. It's yeah, such her, a great death. Her skin is coming off and stuff. Yeah, it seems really gross. It didn't need her boobs at the end. Like it, that felt. A bit no, no, the dead like eyes open, mouth agog woman does not need to have her breasts out. Like, come on, movie. Be a cool, be cool movie. Let this actress have some dignity. Like the nude scene is one thing. It's like not only you're nude, we're gonna put this horrible makeup on your face, and you're gonna be just this disgusting mass of burned human flesh. Also, apparently that hot tub was freezing cold. Well, that sounds about right. So Loomis and the cops go to the elementary school where apparently they reported a break in, and Michael apparently went over there just to stab a serrated knife that we've never seen before into one child's drawing. Yeah. And write Samhain on the board, which everyone mispronounces. Yes. I, for like years, said Sam Hain because that's how it's spelled and that's how they say it in this movie. And I said it once out loud and a bunch of people were like, hey, idiot, that's not how it's said. And I was like, well, the movies have lied to me. So every it, it always annoys me, especially on things like Supernatural. When I'm like, your job is to know the occult, and you're gonna call it Sam Hain. Yeah, it is, excuse me. It is you really need a haircut? stupid. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, the haircut. I said you need a haircut. Oh, you need a haircut. <laughs> you want? You want? I was like, who the hell is Jimmy the haircut? I <laughs> I jumped off like Supernatural. The shittiest mobster. Yeah, I know. It's like like yeah. He's it's like he's a guy who's gimmick. Hey, gets, Jimmy the haircut. He gets his haircut every three days. It's, it's the perfect shape always. Jimmy the haircut. He'll get, or he's I was thinking he had like electric clippers that he'll kill you with. Oh, okay. Or just like scissors. He's a barber. That's his deal. He like, yeah, yeah. He, he scalps people. I'm picturing him in that, you know, in Goodfellas, when they do that, like they introduce everybody at the bar. Do you think I know? You've never Goodfellas? seen Goodfellas? No. That's astounding to me. It's an amazing movie. Well, there's this really famous scene in Goodfellas where they like introduce all these mobsters and it's just like a slew of those kind of nicknames and they're like there's jimmy two times because he says uh, says everything two times and this guy's fixing his tie he's like hey how you doing how you doing uh, or whatever and it's like his whole his whole deal is just he says everything two times but it's just like a slew of those introductions so i'm just at i'm imagining like hey there's a jimmy the haircut, jimmy the haircut. and he's got he holds up the scissors like edward scissor hands like <laughs> need a little off the top <laughs> he's got like doing like lobster claws yeah yeah like exactly, Zoidberg. exactly. Anyway, the governor apparently intervenes to get Loomis to come back to the where he works, which is like a really odd thing to interject into this movie that like the governor has come down and said something like you, Sam Loomis, are a loose cannon psychiatrist. Yeah. <laughs> and you need to get back to the facility. You allegedly shot one of your patients six times tonight and he still got away from you. So either you're a very bad shot. Why do you have a gun, by the way? Or... <laughs> We'll table that one. Yeah. Or you're just a psycho, in which case we definitely need to get you under control. But also, in the logic of this movie, he left this nurse 12 hours ago. Mm-hmm. And he, she shows up and she's like, hey. And I was like, I get it that this mo- the first movie was three years ago, so people might not remember. But Sam Loomis should, like, he left her 12 hours ago. 
if if I walked into a room and was like, I need to talk to you, and the guy was like, oh, I barely recognize you, I'd be like, well, fuck you too, dude. <laughs> Deuce, I'm out. Never mind. Maybe he doesn't recognize her because he's been through the ringer over the last 12 hours. I guess. Uh, so they, like, bring him back with a cop, and meanwhile, Lori is, like, totally comatose in the bed, and... They go to get the doctor because they think something's wrong with her. And there's this awesome scene where the nurse goes into the doctor's office and this fish tank, he's like, she thinks he's staring at his fish tank and uh, it keeps cutting from like her to the POV from the fish tank at her. And there's this really cool, like shimmery fish tank light in the room that makes it look very ominous and creepy. And she finally reaches and touches his chair and it spins around. He's got a hypodermic needle jammed in his head. So she screams, at which point Michael. Eyeball. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this one is even grosser because she screams and then Michael grabs her and he injects her like through the temple. And it's so disgusting. Air embolisms in my veins is one of my biggest irrational fears. Like it, <laughs> the idea terrifies me. Oh, of course. I mean, it's horrible. Um, like every time I need to, cause I get, I get blood drawn like every three months and I, every time I'm in the hospital and thing, I'm always like, is that a bubble? Is that an air bubble? Is that gonna, yeah. I don't say anything to the nurses cause I don't want to be like, just, I'm like, you, you obviously know more than I do. You have <laughs> much more schooling than I do. But yes. My brain is going, is that a, is that an air bubble? <laughs> uh, it looks like an air bubble at the top of that syringe. Is that, uh, yeah. is that an air bubble? <laughs> Can you double check that? Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. Well, apparently, did dad ever, did mom and dad ever tell you the story of, <laughs> they uh, went, the mom and dad were out to dinner, and dad had some kind of reaction to something, so they went to a f- their, I don't know if it's family or friend or whatever, in an Italian family, those lines get blurred very easily. Are you saying, like, dad is a youth? Uh, dad in his 20s, Okay, 30s. okay, so it was probably, it was probably that, okay, it was probably that family friend guy. Like, he is an actual uh, doctor, but he is a family friend. But he, he also apparently was a bit of a lush. Yeah. And when they went there, uh, they he and his wife had been drinking. And they administered a shot to Dad. <laughs> and they get in the car, and Dad, like, dead ass turns to Mom and was like, so if there was any air in that, how, <laughs> how fast would it kill me? <laughs> how much air and how fast? to kill me <laughs> i just it's such a perfect image of our father that like there would be a large air pocket in a man he knew personally who was also drunk and he wouldn't be like is that supposed to be there <laughs> like i know i know i'm the, the the patient and i'm like having anaphylactic shock or whatever and you're a doctor but like that's a lot of air in that right that seems like a lot <laughs> right can we squeeze a little bit? Can we do that squirt yeah, thing? Just that they little, do yeah, just a little. Yeah, a little. I know it wastes medicine, but it it does give me peace of mind. <laughs> <clears throat> Meanwhile, Michael comes into Lori's room and he just does a couple quick stabs, and it's nothing. It's the pillows. So Lori, who was comatose, is now like snapped out of it, and it's like, all right, it's time for Warrior Queen Lori. Except it's not. Yeah, and then she, and then she collapses and falls asleep again. <laughs> she goes like ten feet, but. I mean, you're totally right. Like, they should not be injecting the hero heroine of the movie with whatever drug it is. Mm-hmm. Like, it, she needed to be... I needed my warrior queen back. Yeah. No, I'm with you. So, at this point, it's just like a montage of scenes where we discover all the people who are in the hospital are dead. 
Jimmy, the yeah. EMT, goes into this room, and the nurse is, like, laying on this gurney with her arms outstretched. It, it, it makes zero sense when you look at it too closely. It's like he strapped her down and then, like, somehow knocked her unconscious and put a, a vein, like, a, a IV into her arm that was just going to, like, drain all the blood out of her body. Yeah, it's, it looks like she's, like, when you, um, if you're getting a lot of blood drawn, they kind of ha- leave that thing in there so right. that they can, like, pull out the, they click the bottles, the vials in, and they pull them out. And it's, like, it's not like it's bloody and gross, like, the in, like the needle site. Like, the needle site looks like it's done by a phlebotomist. Yes. And somehow it's just been snipped to, to drain. Like, it, it went from suck to, like, from blow to suck. Right, right. Uh, and then Jimmy slips in the the blood and hits his head, and then he like blacks out, and we, we cut away from him. And it's a little confusing when he falls because it, naturally blood it's liquid, it splashes a little, and it like goes on his face, yeah, almost in a way that suggests that he dies. And I was like, R- did that kill him? Right, I was very confused here too. And also, there's only like six pints of blood in a human, right? I don't, I don't know. Wait. I feel like that number is not insane, and this nurse seems it's to six have. Pints? I'm googling six pints of blood and to see what it uh, what the internet tells me. A five foot person weighing a hundred and hundred and twenty ish pounds has six to eight pints of blood. So, let, so let's, what about so? So let's say she has eight pints of blood. That it, there's like so much blood on the floor in this room, like so much. There's like an Evil Dead amount of blood on the floor in this room. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's like a so, half inch also, of standing on. blood. We might, I might ask you to cut this just to. S- s- Are you going to ask me what a pint brain. is? No, 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 not okay. with that. But like when you get blood drawn, your yeah. body creates more blood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe no. your body just kept creating blood. No, and it's not that fast. It takes a while for your body to make more blood. Okay. Like when you give blood, when you donate blood, you have to drink a lot of fluid so that your body can replenish the f- the blood that is lost. Okay. That was not as dumb a question as I was expecting you to ask based on your preamble of like, you're going to have to cut this out. I was like, maybe cut this if this is too dumb. No, no, no. Because uh, no. like your body recreates, like, re- like replenishes your blood supply. Right, it does. But this woman seems to have lost 40 to 100 gallons of blood. There's like a, <laughs> a half inch She's, of standing blood on this floor. It looks like, it looks like an old Nickelodeon game show. Yes, it does. Someone, and it just collects all over the floor. Mark Summers is in there and the corner being like, dig, dig, get that flag out of that nose. Come on, Summer come Sanders on. It's like <laughs> Michael's secret skill is he kills babysitters in Haddonfield, Illinois. <laughs> and then Mike, Danny Tamborelli gets shit all over him. Lori <laughs> Beth Dettenberg is screaming. <laughs> By the way, I was I was recently reading an article that was talking about like ranking the Nickelodeon game shows, and they talked about uh, I don't remember the name of that show we were just joking Figure about it out. the Summer Sanders one. Figure it Figure out. Figure it out. Yeah, the things that those kids were like air quotes famous for were sometimes the most. Ridic- Wait, do you mean their skill? Do you mean the kids yeah. that had the skills they were yes, guessing? Yes, yes, yeah. It was like she races lizards for cancer charity. Yes. Like no, wait a minute. <laughs> have some questions and it's not trying to figure it out it's more like a you're bullshitting me right <laughs> right but like the, the example in the that they use in this article was like she can jump rope for two straight hours or something stupid like that that's not 
That can't be that crazy of a skill, right? Right. It seems like a very pedestrian skill that this person has. But I'm just picturing somebody like, okay, we're going over the Clue recap board. Uh, he is a murderer. Uh, it is in the rural Midwest. And uh, Danny Tamborelli does eat boogers. And then the audience laughs. Because it was always, I feel like the last Clue recap uh-huh. was always like a dig at Danny Tamborelli. Yeah, the poor guy. Like, all he wanted to do was be Pete. And then suddenly he's just there getting ha- ragged on. Side note, the Peets have a podcast. I haven't listened to it, but it exists. Oh, do they? Does yeah. Lori Beth have a podcast? I have I feel no like, idea. I feel like I, I want to see what she's up to these days. I'd be very curious. The last I saw of her was being the butt of a really shitty joke in the movie Accepted or Waiting. Some Justin Long movie. Dodge- dodgeball? One no. of those. Where he was like, I know it, was right. it was he Dodgeball. It was Dodgeball. Because mm-hmm. he tries out to be a cheerleader and she like lands on him and it hurts him. But it's just like a fat joke at her expense. That's the last I saw of her. She's too funny for that. Yeah. Anyway, Lori's like limping down the hallway and this nurse is like, Lori, Lori, wait. And Lori looks back at her and then just keeps limping down the hallway. And then she's like, Lori, wait. And she turns back again. And this time Michael's standing behind her with a scalpel. And it's like it needs to have like a dun, but it doesn't. <laughs> And then Michael stabs this woman so hard with a scalpel with one hand that he lifts her up off the floor like her feet are kicking. I'm like, where did you stab, Michael? Apparently right in the, the, the leverage point for the entire human body. <laughs> Was it? I'm imagining he got like just under the rib cage and like hooked the scalpel so he has That's like, exactly what a he gripping did. point. Yeah, it's a grip point between the ribs and the spine that he just is like boop, 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 boop. But Lori gets in the elevator. He lifts her. He lifts her like it's a video game, and he just yes. opened the chest and pulled. He opened the treasure chest and pulled out the object. He lifts her like she's the friggin' da, da, sword da, da, da. And stone. <laughs> like I now have Excalibur, and I will conquer the Stroadster. So Lori gets to this elevator, and it's an elevator straight out of The Shining. It's this like really glossy red, which just seems like a weird color for a hospital. And then Michael also, is they like, were "Very dangerous." Yeah, yeah. So Michael's like he sticks a scalpel. Yes, and it it shuts and it shuts so hard that he has to retract his hand, which I've never seen with an elevator, except in Final Destination and this. Yes, because like I recently had a situation where somebody was trying to get onto this elevator, and I knew it was a notoriously slow elevator, and so it was starting to shut, and I just like stuck my whole arm out to hit the door so it would open back up, and people on the elevator acted like I was a guy with a death wish, and I was like, have none of you touched an elevator door? They have safety mechanisms in them. I was gonna say, I was like, I've done that all so many times, you just keep your foot in the door so it hits your foot and, and right. opens it. I had absolutely no fear that something bad was gonna happen, I just like stuck my arm out and hit the door and it opened, but people reacted like I was the, like the subway hero or something thing <laughs> you jump down right. you almost touched the third rail yeah exactly so, so Lori gets away climbs out a window and ends up hiding in a car uh meanwhile choice we get my favorite seat in the whole movie which is loomis and the smoking nurse in the back seat of this car while this cop is driving and she is relaying a t- she's just exposition dumping. It's like there are actually siblings. There's this secret file you it's never saw. It's such a dumb plot device. Yes, it really is. And then Loomis comes to the realization, like, oh my god, she he's trying to kill his other sister. I'm so glad that the first trailer for the new Halloween was like, no, they're not siblings. Like we're not using that plot line. Everyone, shut up. 
I honestly have no problem with it because at this point it's been canon for so long. So I thought it was kind of weird to disregard because this is a pretty good sequel. Like other than the siblings thing, it doesn't do. I guess he does get blown up at the end, which is why they had to disregard it. But uh, the the rest of it is fine anyway. It just felt like a weird thing that ultimately led to the whole Celtic curse of Thorn nonsense. Right, right. So like. If they're not siblings, like, there's no chance of going down that stupid road. Right. But this is the part that I love about this. So she's relaying all this information, and they're having this big, like, desperate conversation in the back of this car. Meanwhile, this cop and the actor who's playing this cop is doing all of his acting by, like, slightly narrowing and widening his eyes. Because he's, Mm -hmm. like, trying to be, like, Johnny Cool. But all I could think about was, like, this guy having this internal monologue of, like, Boy, I hope Judy made pot roast again for dinner tonight. Could really go for some potatoes. <laughs> Get that gravy off the roast beef onto the potatoes. Ooh, that's a good potato. Man, maybe we'll get peas, too, instead of that mushy broccoli. Boy, I really don't like broccoli. Uh, and then at this point, Loomis is like, turn the car around. And he's like, uh, can't do that, boss. And he goes back. He's like, hmm, potatoes with roast beef. And then there's like a gun cocking noise, and Loomis puts it to his throat, and he's like, well, how about a warning shot? <laughs> he shoots the other window out, and this cop, like, whips the car around like he's in a uh, bullet or something, and, like, hit tires squealing and, like, powers out of it. Fish but tails. This, but this guy is so clearly not paying attention to what they're talking about. He's just, like, in his own little world. And I just, <laughs> I spent so much time envisioning, like, what it was. And then I also thought, like, oh, my gosh, what if he was the Uber driver? Hey. I'm so excited. I love Crazy Loomis, and I'm really excited for them to make Lori the new Crazy Loomis. Me too. <laughs> I want her firing at cops, being like, "Oh yeah, here's a warning shot!" Boom, boom, like well, with her twelve, with her like, bu- her like pump shotgun. Yeah, she's well, just like buck shots. Also, the sheriff in the new movie is Coach Yost from Remember the Titans, and she's giving him shit in what? the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did not notice that was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's giving. She's like, I prayed every day he would get out. Why would you do a thing like that? So I could kill him. Kill him. <laughs> it's like crazy oh, old Lori. Yeah, crazy old Lori. Eh? Exactly. So she's hiding in this car. Jimmy the EMT comes out and he's like barely hanging on, and he's like it's trying so to start bizarre. this car and can't do it. And I thought he had been like, I was like. Does he just have a bad concussion? Like, I don't understand what his injuries are because Michael didn't get to him that we saw, but he's like covered in blood from presumably the other nurse, but maybe his own too. I'm getting slimed. <laughs> he did indeed get slimed. <laughs> Mark Summers was like, You didn't find the flag in the nose. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. We'll take a physical challenge. <laughs> oh my god! Can I? Can we? I want to see Family Double Dare, but like with slashers. Michael, Jason, Freddy, and Chucky versus like no, no, no. Those four in some two-on-two scenario. Oh, okay. I'm down for that. Or I was gonna say, or we could do them versus like Nev Campbell, Laurie Strode, Heather yeah. Langenkamp, and Andy Barclay. That would be all like right. Six-year-old Andy Barclay. Yes, yes. Well, that would make it fair when he went head to head with Chucky. Yeah. Or, or wait, 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 wait. The newlywed game, the <gasps> final girl or boy, and their killer, and their killer, and they have to answer <laughs> questions about each other. Can somebody How did make Freddy this webcomic? Never do that to someone. What's that? How did Freddy never do that to someone? I don't know. It feels like a Freddy move. Right? Like 100%. 
Um, so Jimmy can't drive this car, and then he passes out and like slumps onto the horn, which is just blaring and blaring and blaring. And yeah, and so uh, she pulls him off, and then magically loses her voice for a few seconds as Loomis walks by. Really frustrating. It, like, it doesn't make any sense. Or just, like, start slapping the pavement. Like, it would be loud. There's no other noise out here. Just, like, slap Slam your... the car door. Yeah. Do... Make... Clap your hands. Do something. <laughs> clap your hands if you believe. Yeah. Like, do you believe in not dying by the hand of Michael Myers? Then you should clap. For God's sake, clap. 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 <laughs> Tinkerbell's dying, Laurie. Tinkerbell's dying. Um, so she gets up and, sl- and they let her in. Michael Myers literally walks through a glass <laughs> door. so good. There's no, definitely doesn't have the speed for that. He's like a, he's like a fat little me plowing through a screen door at a family picnic. <laughs> just like, boom <laughs> off the edges and out the door. Like, he just powers through a plate glass window with no problems. <laughs> uh, he gets shot. Three times in my life I did that, by the way. Just for those keeping score. through home. a screen door? Three screen doors I ruined. Just like ran right through it. Didn't see it. <laughs> Somebody yelled that dinner was ready, and I came in hauling ass. And there weren't a lot of times that little old fat kid me was hauling ass, but boy, when the hamburgers were ready, I hit the afterburners, baby. I didn't know that happened three times. Yes, yes. Knocked it right out. <laughs> I don't know that I ever did that. No, I, I, It's not you weren't a fat enough kid. You weren't excited <laughs> enough by the prospect of food. If it was buttered noodles, I probably would. <laughs> um, so Michael gets shot uh, roughly a hundred thousand more times. <laughs> Loomis empties almost empties a clip into him, and then no, he, he does empty the clip, drops it, pulls out one another <laughs> one from his back, puts that in, and empties the second clip. Pulls a gun that out. That should do it. Pulls a gun out of his ankle holster and empties that one too. He just like <laughs> starts pulling guns out of different places on his body. Lord, and, take this shotgun. <laughs> yeah. And then he does. He takes the one taped to his back <laughs> the with die hard tape. gun. And then the 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 sheriff deputy guy who previously was mostly concerned by pot roast is like coming over to, to Michael Myers and he's like, "Stay away from him. He's still breathing." And then he turns to talk to Laurie for like a second, and this guy starts laying down, like getting down the floor next to him, and he's like, "Get away!" And he's like, "No, he stopped breathing." At which point, Michael like sits up, grabs him, yanks him over, and just like slits his throat while looking Loomis dead in the eye. You dumb cop! Right? Like you? Come on, buddy! Yeah, exactly. So they run and hide in the surgery room. He gives Laurie a gun, and then he tries to... Sh- Michael punches through the glass window and then just punches a hole into the door, which he walks right through. It's a, it is, uh, like we always say, a feudal paper Japanese door. Exactly. <laughs> the plate glass window broke in the same fashion, by the way. Feudal Japanese door. Uh, so also, the, the, the chain-smoking nurse that is hanging out with Loomis yeah. keeps calling the hospital the clinic. Yes. And I was like, let's specify... A name. It or literally a says Haddonfield Memorial Hospital on the wall behind you. Just turn 80 degrees to your right and read it off the wall. The address is there as well. Yeah. Because I'm like, they don't, they, they don't know where they're going to go. No. So he stabs Loomis in the gut. He goes down. Laurie, like, yells Michael and he does, like, the dog cocking his head thing. And she just 
puts one in his forehead. She's like, cold, and he, I love it. Yeah. She shoots him twice. This is the Lori I wanted the whole movie. Yes. But instead of him being dead, it just makes him blind. So he's just, like, blindly swinging this scalpel he, around. He has blood tears, and yeah. it's awesome. So Loomis starts opening up a can of ether, which is, like, to put patients out. Lori sees what he's doing. And is like, all right, I'll turn all the oxygen on. So then he is like, run. So she goes through the, the feudal Japanese door that he busted open. And Loomis has a lighter, which, by the way, Chekhov's lighter. Because the, the cop mm-hmm. bums it from him earlier so he can light a smoke. Pulls out this Bic lighter and is like, time to go, Michael. Flick. And then they blow up this room. And it is cooler than any explosion in any Marvel movie. I'm not even ashamed to say that. They actually blew some shit up here. They did. The only thing I, like the only thing that would make it like funnier to me, cooler, would be like the like if Laurie was down the hallway and did the like, whoa, and when like the whole body kind of like curves <laughs> yeah, as they get yeah. thrown to the ground moment. Um Flash forward to the next day, and they're like putting Lori in another ambulance. In a she's in a One wheelchair. One reporter is narrating it. Yes, I was so Lori's hoping someone was going to punch this reporter. We all have eyes, bro. Right, like no one needs your play-by-play. Again, Lori's like, "Can I ride up front, please? Don't make me alone." <laughs> and they're like, "No, we we can't do that." But you know, you'll be fine back there. And then they cut to. The, the, the ambulance driving away and they cut to Laurie in the back and it's playing Mr. Sandman, which is the song that starts this movie. And I don't get why these movies love that song. I don't either, but it's like a dark ambulance and I'm so tuned into like modern storytelling that I'm like, oh shit, Michael's in the ambulance. Cause like it was, <laughs> yeah. it was so set up for him to like pop up out of the darkness. He doesn't though. They end the movie and at the time that they made this, they thought they were like, we're done making these movies. Like the next Halloween is going to be about these weird Halloween masks. And then the one after that's going to be a ghost story. Like we're done with Michael Myers. He's done. So uh, mm-hmm. they were wrong. <laughs> well, the problem is that like Halloween two did really well in the box office. So like, right. why would you change that formula? Right. Right. If you're going to make the switch, you had to make it here. Yeah. And then you could, your third one could be Michael Myers again. Potentially, yeah. I mean, I feel like once you go away from him, you have to stay away from him. Well, no, I think Deborah Hill and John Carpenter's idea was sort of a Ed and Lorraine Warren conjuring movie-verse. Right. Where, like, they made one movie, and they're gonna... They could continue that, but then they would branch off and create other movies based on things from that movie. Right. Because there's, like, a thousand... Like, everything is, like, a conjuring movie now. Yeah. Or, like, the Conjuring universe. Right, right. They're all Annabelle's related to that. All that stuff is related to... Yeah, to Annabelle, the nun. The nun yeah. Um, the Warrenverse is basically what it is. Yeah, the WCU. Yeah. Um, so, I, I wholeheartedly recommend this movie. I think oh, it's really good. watch this movie. Yeah. I, I don't think it's as good as Halloween, but it's the... I, I think one of the best sequels to... I mean, one of the best sequels, period. I'm not even going to put any caveats yeah. on it. It's one of the best sequels, period. It's It's a... I agree with you. It's like probably a solid B minus, maybe a B, but it's very good. It's of the three slasher franchises we talk about. It's probably the best sequel of all of them in terms of like mm-hmm. good movie and not just like entertaining. You know what I mean? I would because I think Halloween one, two, and four are the only ones worth wa- like rewatching consistently. I would not recommend people watch Halloween four, but that's okay. You can recommend it. Um, I don't. I, I find like I like Daniel Harris's performance in that movie. Um. I think it's shitty that they were like, Laurie Strode got in a car accident. Bye. Yeah. Like, you can treat your girl better than that. Right. Um, 
But I think one one and two are the best, and then four is like also good yeah. to me. Like I like several of the Friday the Thirteenth sequels. I think they're fun and ridiculous, but I think this is actually a pretty good movie, not just like fun. Exactly. Yeah, uh, it's funny you were like, "Oh, I recommend four. I'm genuinely wondering if I recommended four at the end of that episode. It was quite some time ago, so it'd be funny to to find out that I recommended it then, and now I just was like, "No." It was a while ago. But but this one is better for sure than that. We will continue our month of Michael Myers in two weeks, but uh, give us one second here to wrap things up. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. We really appreciate all of you out there taking the time to hang out with us on your commute or wherever it is that you listen to the show. Get in touch with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dissectingtheeties, uh, on Twitter at dissectthe80s. You can email us dissectingtheeties at gmail.com. Uh, you can also give us a phone call at 856-D-I-S-S-E-C-T. We always love hearing from our listeners. Uh, more importantly than that, though, if you have a minute, we would really love it if you could take a second and review us on iTunes. It makes a huge difference in the show getting out there and other people finding it. Uh, and if you do like the show and would like to support us, the other two things you could do was, one, tell two friends, because podcasts are the ultimate pyramid scheme and that they don't cost anybody any money and you still get to give people cool stuff. Uh, and most importantly, uh, we now have a Patreon, so you can support us that way if you'd like to. For $2 a month, Ooh. we get a newsletter where we tell you the next three episodes, give you some information about what else we're watching and things that we're, we're enjoying in the world of entertainment and things like that. But we also have other tiers where you can even commission your own episode if you stick around long enough, which is a pretty awesome thing. We've got some, some listeners who are going to be coming up on that sooner rather than later, so you could join them commission your own episode so patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s if you sign up now you get a bonus at the five dollar level or higher you get a bonus episode right off the bat because we put one up for september it was our live show from the philly podcast festival this year we will be back in uh before two weeks actually we have a special episode coming up on a very special episode it is a very special episode on october 19th the day the new halloween film comes out we will be discussing the whole franchise with fangoria editor phil nobile jr which is pretty cool it was a fun yeah, conversation he's a cool guy he was a very cool guy he's a philly guy uh works worked in you know horror media and, and writing all over the place for a lot of different publications but is now the editor of the new fangoria and was nice enough to take some time to chat with us we even got like a famous guest person to play mary f kill of the horror franchises so that was really cool keep an eye yeah. out for that and then we'll be back with our normal episode on october 22nd with i believe the last michael myers movie we can do for the podcast Halloween five. Yeah, because six is six is in the nineties. Yeah. So the last time we get to hang out with Michael Myers is this month. Thank you once again for listening. I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. And until October twenty second. Don't you forget about me. Michael Dissecting the eighties is a chum some of this production. Ow.